Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Tuesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley. Gee, how are we doing on this glorious Tuesday? Well, you know what? I'm doing pretty well, but not as well as Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe that baby just got all that money. That's a lot of money. A uh, four-year, $200 million uh, reported contract. So he is coming back to the Green Bay Packers. That's just one headline. We have a lot of headlines to get to. So with that, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. First headline, the Lakers followed up their biggest win of the season with a 117 to 110 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. And LeBron James followed up his season best 56 point game by being sidelined with significant knee soreness. I am using air quotes. Um, (laughs) Arash, you thought the Lakers win over the Warriors would be a turning point for this team. Do you still feel that way? I don't. And I know it's one day, and I said that, and I really felt confident about it, but uh, going into last night's game against the Spurs, when you found out that LeBron was dealing with knee soreness, those are the moments that you remember that you're talking about a player who is 37 years old. He's going to be 38 years old this year, um, going into his 20th season next season. Uh, you know, When he has a 56-point a, a game, It's not like he can follow that up with another 50-point game. I mean, certainly it's possible, but um, yeah, I mean, this this leads me to believe that was a great moment, that was a great game, but it is just one moment, it is just one game. That was not going to be the turnaround uh, thing that I thought would happen. You know, it's not like they followed that up with a great win, went on a five-game win streak. No, they followed that up with a loss. They followed that up with LeBron James being hurt. They followed that up with another disappointing performance. So, yeah, one day after I said, maybe just maybe the Lakers season had been turned around. I I do not think that is the case. Um, it's just been a frustrating season, Jihei. And as soon as they, they do something good, as soon as they give you some glimmer of hope that just maybe that they can do something uh, this postseason, this happens. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to, as great as LeBron is, you're never going to get that, hey, let's put 56 more bo- points on the board the next game, you know, yeah. um, and also being what 37, 38 years old, like he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore. I don't, I don't care if he's still on that TB12 diet or any of that stuff. He's still, it's still going to take some time. Um, I don't know any player that's gone back to back and kind of done that, right? Listen, no one thought that he would now score 56 points a night, but when he has a performance like that, you're thinking that this could turn around the season. And so when you follow that up with the loss to the Spurs, when you follow that up with LeBron having significant knee soreness, it just reminds you of what's happened this season. As soon as something good happens, one step forward, two steps back. The two steps back is not only a loss to the below 500 Spurs, but it is a a sign that, listen, LeBron James is an old man. He can't do this on a regular. Forget 56 points tonight. He can't, you know, put the team right on his back and say, hey, listen, 
regardless of where we are in the season, regardless of what's happening, this season can flip. And, you know, that's the unfortunate thing. All right. The Lakers, speaking of Lakers, again, are now 28 and 36 and one game away from falling to the number 10 seed, which means they would have to play a a do or die road game in New Orleans, Arash, and three games from falling out of the play in tournament altogether. What's the current state of the Lakers with just 18 games left in the season? Isn't that crazy? 18 (laughs) games left in the season and just not that much time for them to turn things around. And so I think here's the important note that you just mentioned. This play in tournament game, if they fall to the 10 seed, that is really significant because we just saw the New Orleans Pelicans come into the crypt, come into Los Angeles and beat the Lakers by 28 points. Now, if the Lakers fall to the 10 seed, that game is not even in Los Angeles. They would have to go to New Orleans to play the Pelicans. And we just saw how that played out. And again, I do think that they find their way into the play-in tournament. Yes, they are three games from falling totally out of the play-in tournament, but I do think the Portland Trailblazers have waved the white flag. I don't think there is a scenario where they fall to the number 11 seed. It's it's not saying a whole heck of a lot. It's not like uh, you know they have a, a team that's really playing for a play-in tournament slot. The important thing to remember with this play-in tournament is that if they lose, their season is done. Even if they win that play-in tournament game, they advance to the next play-in tournament game. So this is all for them to get a first-round uh, place to play either the Spur, sorry, the Suns or the Warriors. Now listen, they beat the Warriors, so that gives them some confidence. But yeah, but that's just one game. It's one game, and 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 so I mean what. It's significant because they got blown out by 30 to the Clippers, got blown out by 30 to the Pelicans. So when they have a day where where they can actually play well against a good team, that's always the positive side. But no, GA, the state of the Lakers is this. They are they are going to be one and done, whether it's one and done in the play-in tournament or one and done if they find a way to go to the first round of the playoffs. This is not a team that's going to go on some amazing run. There's 18 games left in an 82-game season. We've seen enough of this team to know where they are. And, Jay, we are who, at this point, we think that they are, which is not a very good team. Yeah, I mean, if they keep fighting, God bless them. But, I mean, it, in my personal opinion, it's a wrap. I, I think this, I think is, so. this is a wrap. And if they make the play-in tournament, then good on you. You yeah. know, if you if you fight a little harder and make the play-in tournament, good on you. But to be honest with you, I just don't think that it's it's the season's a wrap. I think that everybody should just be um, you know praying for uh, Major League Baseball to start soon. <laughs> you know, or maybe you know what? Start rooting for the Kings, guys. Start rooting for the Kings because yeah, they are winning right now. They so. won last night too. I mean, so I yeah. mean that's that's we have one. A playoff team. No, listen, the Clippers, your your beloved Los Angeles Clippers, Jihei, they are a team that'll be in the first round. But, yeah, I don't know about the Lakers. <laughs> I think a lot of people are still questioning the Lakers, right? Yeah. So, all right. Last night, Russell Westbrook elaborated on a tweet that his wife sent out. Nina Westbrook tweeted, When I'm being harassed on a daily basis over basketball games and I'm having obscenities and death wishes for me and my family sent my way because you're expressing, quote unquote, your truth, it's hard 
for me to get on board with that, Russell said. I 100% stand behind my wife and how she's feeling when it comes to basketball. I don't mind the criticisms of missing and making shots, but the moment it becomes where my name is getting shamed, it becomes an issue. What are your thoughts, Arash, about what Westbrook and his family are going through? Yeah, I mean, this is really sad. Um, I know that this homecoming has not gone the way he had hoped or the way he had planned, and I know he had a, uh, you know, a, a... a tit-for-tat with a reporter about that. Listen, there is no scenario where he expected to get booed, to get heckled, to have people call him West Brick. Um, this has gone really poorly, but I do want you guys to hear from him uh, post-game. Uh, we're just going to play this small clip for you. Uh, Jihei's going to uh, play it because I, this is the most human side of Westbrook we have seen. He is kept a strong from, but this has clearly gotten to him. It has gotten to his wife. It has gotten to his family where people are calling him Westbrook. They're making fun of his name. And again, his family is getting threats, which is, guys, it's a basketball game. This season has not gone well. He has not played well. Move on with your life. So let's now hear from him post-game. I mean, this is really... He really showed himself. He does a good job of keeping a strong front, but this has gotten to him. This has gotten to his family, and we'll touch on this when you hear it from him. This is Russell Westbrook from last night. You know what? We're we're gonna play that clip for you uh, shortly, GA. It is at the three oh four mark, but I, I think it's important because again, you know, post game, these press conferences, you know, you you want to talk to him about the game, and it's important a lot of times for reporters on deadline to get those questions about the game and how it turned out. But around midway through his press conference, I think someone brought up the uh, tweet and someone brought up that he was being heckled. And, and again, it's, it's, it's gotten personal. So let's now play uh, that clip from that press conference now. For one, you know, I, I 100% stand behind my wife and how she's feeling because um, it's not just about this year. Um, right now, she's reached a point um, and my family has reached a point to where it's really weighing on them. Um, and it's very unfortunate uh, just for me personally because um, this is just a game. This is just a game. This is not end-all, be-all. And when it comes to basketball, I don't mind the criticism of missing and making shots. But the moment it becomes where, you sh- you, you know, my name is getting shamed, um, it becomes an a, a issue. Um, I've kind of let it go in the past you know just because it never really bothered me but um it really kind of hit me the other day honestly i was uh, me and my wife was at um teacher parent conference for my son um and the teacher told me she's like uh noah he's so proud of his last name he writes it everywhere he writes it on everything he he tells everybody walks around and says i'm westbrook westbrook that's his last name and it kind of, I kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like, damn, like I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, West Brick to me is now shaming, like it's shaming my name, it's my legacy for my kids. Um, it's a name that means more, not just to me, but to my wife, to my mom, my dad, uh, the ones um, that kind of paved the way for me. And, and that's just one example, I man, that kind of 
hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um, it's not great, man. And, and you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of times, you know, I let it slide, but it's now trying to put a stop to to that and put it on notice. Like, there's a difference, and I, it, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and. Uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. And so that is really telling. Again, Russell is very short with his responses post-game. Another clip that night went viral where, again, it is very common to now heckle Russell Westbrook by calling him West Brick. You know, unfortunately, p- people will hear that across the country and on the road and now heckle him with that name. That That's the unfortunate thing about that. But he really showed himself, Jihei. He really said what that meant to him, how that hurt him. Again, hearing from his uh, son at the parent-teacher conference, his son Noah, his wife Nina. Uh, this was really the first time that I got the sense that... Um, Listen, beyond how he's played, beyond the game of basketball, he needs to find a new home. This, this, this is not a, a tenable situation here. He has to go somewhere else this summer. Yeah, no. The, the, I don't want to entirely, like, I, I sympathize with him. I 100% do. But at the same time, like, you still are, you knew what you were going into when you came into L.A. You were from L.A. You know that they're going to give you criticism. They, sure. You know that they're... Now, the threats, those those need to stop because he's right. It's just a game, guys. Like, stop. Like, if he's getting threatened, that's ridiculous. But the name-calling and all that other stuff, that kind of... Like, in my personal opinion, that comes with the territory. Yeah. And if your game is equivalent to that that name... But, yeah, he yeah. it needs to stop. It needs to go away. Um we all need to kind of maybe move on from it. And hopefully he just moves on from this situation as well. Exactly. All right. The Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Rid- uh, Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. By the way, you know that he only gambled $1,500, guys, on a site that is promoted by the NFL. Interesting. That being said, the NFL released a statement Monday announcing his suspension, saying Ridley gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 when he was on a non-football injury list to address his mental health. Is the punishment too harsh given the league has gambling sponsors now? That is a heck of... I mean, it's a one-year suspension. I mean, you have players who've done far worse whether it comes from doing something illegal Um one year. That mean, I mean, to be suspended for the entire year. I mean, that's extreme. And not only that, they said that's the minimum. I mean, it could be more than that. I know it's a slippery slope. You can't have a situation where a player or a coach or someone who is in direct contact with how the result will happen, you cannot have them gamble on the game. That being said, he wasn't playing at the time. Gia, you may know more about this than I do. I I, I just read the report from the league. Um, if he's betting on a game that he has no connection to. And he's at home, and at this point, I think he was taking a leave of absence or something, and he's gambling, say, $1,500 on a site that's promoted by the league. And we got those, I mean, those commercials, every commercial break. So the league's going to pocket that money, have the draft in Vegas, have the Super Bowl in Vegas, have a team in Vegas, have casino sponsorships, whatever. And if a player at home on a leave of absence gambles 1500 on a game that he's not connected to, he could be suspended for the entire year. That seems extreme. That 100% is extreme. I don't know if he deserves to be suspended for a year, but he does deserve to be suspended. Because he knows the rules. At the, at the yes. very least, he knows the rules. Whether and we agree with the rules or not, he does know the rules. 100%. And unfortunately, he gambled a parlay 
and his team was included in the parlay. Oh, so that can't. So that can't. So happen. that cannot happen. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I really want to be on his side because I'm like, dude, like, but you have that Do you major know advantage. How he got caught? I'm, I, I, I oh, that I don't know. Homework. So I mean, that. So you know, when you think of what that cost him, you know, it's a fifteen hundred dollar bet. Um, so which I hope you, I hope you hit that bet, man. I, that's curious. I, I don't know if he did or not, but shoot. I mean, here's here's the other thing. Um, if he didn't, if his team was not involved, would he still have gotten a suspension like this? I can't imagine it'd be this. I would think that he wouldn't. No, but this is the issue. Pete Rose bet on the team that he managed. Now, he bet on them to win. It doesn't matter, though. He is in, I mean, the manager of a team, has a direct connection to the result on the field. Yeah. And even if he wasn't playing, which he wasn't at this time, you 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 can text the players and coaches. You know what's happening. You know, so if this is... Um, he deserved to be punished. I think that what you have to do here, unfortunately for him, unfortunately for him, is you have to set an example. He, you can't give a two-game suspension if you gamble on your team and you only get suspended for like a couple of games or one game or no. I mean, they, they and he's not a big enough player in my view. You know that like to they, make a huge impact. Well, they like can that. lay the hammer on him and and really almost blackball him from the league. So it's a really an unfortunate situation. Yeah. No. He he definitely. I mean, six months would have been fine, yeah. right? Or half of the season would have been okay. I would have yeah. been okay with that. Um, today is another huge day in baseball. It's deadline number three for Major League Baseball. How many are we going to have, Dustin? <laughs> uh, we not just one, not just two, not just three. Um, but um, they told the players' union if they can do a deal today, they can still play 162 games. If not, a second week may be lost. MLB, the MLB suggested a rise in luxury tax threshold to a $228 million, um, to a tone of $228 million. But according to Jake, uh, John Hyman of MLB Network, details haven't surfaced and players say there's still work to do. Do you think we finally get a deal done today? So here's the thing. We're, we're getting a glimpse at these negotiations where two things are happening. We had a deadline. This was a hard and fast deadline. Now, GA, we have a third deadline. So, th- th- you know, they have multiple deadlines. This, you know, the line keeps moving back and forth. And we were told before that we, we could not have a 162-game season. The games were canceled and effectively we were, we were not going to get a 162 games season. Now, we have a third deadline. And if we get a deal done today, we can have a 162-game season. But if not, more games will be lost. I Listen, G, both sides want to get this worked out. They don't want to lose money. Players don't want to lose money. The owners don't want to lose money. So whether we get a deal done today or in the near future, this, I am more optimistic because they are actually meeting they're putting deadlines. They're saying the entire season, not just uh, you know a half a season. I mean, if there was no hope, I think they both go their separate ways for a week or two. But they, it seems like they're negotiating, and I don't know if that means something will get done. But they're close enough that someone's got to have a little bit of foresight in here, here and say, guys. Let's not cancel games. I mean, we cannot afford to lose millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't care if there's a deadline. This is the third one, 
right? So I, I know. <laughs> do deadlines even really matter anymore in Major League yeah, Baseball? No. You know, no. So because and then you can also still not come up with something, right? You can also still not come up with an agreement. So you know, you can have four or five, six deadlines for all I care. Like just get it done, figure yeah. it out. Um, is it going to happen? Is a deal going to happen today? God, I hope so. That'd be great. That would be amazing. Especially care. like you mentioned, Gia. You know, the Lakers have 18 games left in the season. The Clippers have, you know, let's just say 20, 19. So we're not going to have basketball for that much longer. We do need some baseball. Come on, Gia. Yeah, we need some. Well, and then summer's coming. Like, is on the forefront. We got to have something in, in, in there, right? Like, got to have um, all right, last but not least, finally, the L.A. Sports Awards are tonight. Arash, you voted on the top 10 L.A. Sports moments. What are some of your best moments so in I'll 2021? You, yeah, so I will give you my number one because we don't have a ton of time here. My number one moment, Kobe Bryant being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. It was a fantastic moment. Vanessa Bryant, she had an amazing speech. Um, some of the other moments that were included, USC advancing to the Elite Eight, UCLA going to the Final Four, the Rams winning a wild card game in Seattle. Again, this is for 2021. So their Super Bowl run of this past uh, you know year is not included. The Dodgers beating the Giants to advance to the championship series. The Clippers going to the Western Conference Finals for the first time. Shohei Otani, that amazing season that he had. So again, Sports Awards tonight at 8 p.m. Hope you guys uh, tune in and enjoy that. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Lakers season slipping away when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have uh, questions or comments or just want to win a ticket to a future Los Angeles Kings game, and they are on a streak right now. They just won last night and beat the Boston Bruins. Hit us up on our hotline, 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. Okay, we have a little bit of a surprise for you out there on the Circus Sports guest hotline. Today is a very special day. It is International Women's Day, and I don't know if Jihei knew about that. She may have, she may have not. I wanted to flip the script on Jihei. The first time that me and Jihei uh, met was on her podcast, where she talked to me. I don't know if I've ever flipped the script and talked to her. So this being International (laughs) Women's Day... The, our guest on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline <laughs> is Jihei Wiley. And again, I'm just going to say this because this show is not possible without Jihei. Jihei puts this together. She is uh, not only uh, my co-host and friend, she is the producer, the director. Um, we have a little, little bit more help than when we started this show way back in the pandemic. It is a heck of a thing when you started showing a pandemic. Um, this was um, so um, August of last year was when we started doing the show and um i mean she knew how to 
put together a podcast, but she did not, <laughs> and I certainly didn't know how to put together a Monday through Friday, uh, noontime, drive time, sports talk show, but uh, Jihei and I have found a way to do it, mainly Jihei. So Jihei, <laughs> you are the reason that you were the first person I thought of when Scott Kaplan contacted me, uh, and Scott and I at that point had never met in person. I, I, I had done his show a couple of times. I have now met Scott, I think twice in person. You talk about someone who, you know, reached out to me and said, would you like to do this show? And you were the first person I thought of. Not because, well, A, you were one of the only people that I knew who had a podcast. So the way Kaplan uh, described the show was like, well, it's just like a podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's something that I do not do. So you, you had a podcast, but you had this love and appreciation for sports talk radio. You love Tony Kornheiser. You love sports talk and i thought i was a sports talk fan you go to g hayes car the first five presets are all sports talk stations when did your love for sports talk begin that's actually a really good question um it had to probably be my like when i really truly fell in love with sports talk radio was when i lived in maryland okay um because you got to drive everywhere right in maryland there's no um that's there's you got to take that i-95 for all you east coasters out there or you're people on the southern tip you got to take that i-95 everywhere so um, i was taking that from virginia to dc to and to back to maryland so which aka the dmv area so i really truly fell in love with it in 2018 but i'd been listening to talk radio to sports radio probably since i was in college yeah so i mean um i went to i graduated from cal state long beach and we have 88.1 which is a jazz station out there <laughs> which I, in hindsight i probably should have just worked for their station but i didn't even think about it because i was just so focused on getting my degree and getting out of there and uh but yeah so that's pretty much when it really truly started was in college and uh listening just listening to the the greats out there right um and being able to just absorb as much information as humanly possible. And also, when you live in L.A., you live in your car. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's nice to have a podcast on now. But back then, there were no podcasts, right? Yeah. So, like, you can't sit there and just hook your phone up to your Bluetooth and be like, okay, let me listen to the Pat McAfee show. Let me listen to, um, you know, Joe Rogan on the on on whatever. And um, so you, all you had was AM radio, right? Uh, so, yeah, I got to listen to some great, great to, um, sports radio, uh, Mason in Ireland, That's one of the right. one of the best yeah. out there. Giving props to them. Uh, I now listen to Scott as well, uh, just not only because of ten ninety, but because he's everywhere yes. <laughs> he, is, he hustled man. He, he's on 710 and 1090 at the same time it's amazing he's legit on like every single say i'm just like you know what kudos to this i will listen to you whenever you're on yeah. whether you're on 1090 or whether you're on 710 so yeah that's pretty much when i uh, fell in love with it and arash i just want to say thank you so much for all the props because this show really wouldn't be possible i wouldn't even be on the show and given the consideration if it wasn't for you no well, so I i'm so that, grateful but yeah. yeah you really make it happen um okay now sports wagering is so popular now it got legalized and i you see a lot of people talking about it that quite frankly you probably more than me when you hear it you're like okay you just found out this was like a hot trend and you started to gamble but you don't really know the terminology you've been a part of this for a long time um a when did that begin and b your 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 thoughts and it being more common in terms of, you know, when you're watching a game on Sunday, there's, you know, commercials for uh, Caesars and Pet uh, MGM. And I mean, just it's so common. But when you were, um, you know, when you were talking about it for the first time, this was like years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, I started betting on sports probably 
over a decade ago. Yeah. So uh, first time I ever really truly experienced uh, being able to go and get that actual solid ticket um, at the book was God, going on 12 years ago now, I, th- I want to say, like 11, 12 years ago, yeah. when um, first weekend of March Madness, going in there and just physically getting your, and having to read the um, sports uh, book pages and stuff like that and just figuring out like okay this is how you actually That's ca- go to I yeah like how, how you actually have to physically go to the the book and say I want to do it I want um, you know a money line bet on number 7156 like you can't say hey I want a money line bet on on the Lakers it's yeah. like no <laughs> like what's the number what's your parlay what's this all the terminology was relatively new to me I mean, that was 11 years ago, but it was relatively new to me. So I get, I get why it would be very daunting. I'm teaching a lot of my friends that are, that are women who have never bet before. Like, you know, they, they do their cute little Super Bowl bets where they put, um, with, with the boxes and stuff like that. But like, you know, they're, they're not really, they don't know how to bet at all. They don't know the terminology. So I get that it could be daunting. Um, as far as, you know, when I saw this trend happening, I mean, the second that the East Coast was like, we're legalizing this, forget you people, you know, and they went full on out. I was like, it's the end of an era. That's right. Vegas, watch out. But but Vegas is thriving. They are thriving and probably making more money hand and over fist. I this. said that at the time. I think there was this feeling of, oh, my God, sports, is, sports wagering is being legalized around the country. It was in New Jersey. And I said, listen, the guy in New Jersey who would go to Vegas on the regular still wants to go to Vegas. Of course. And um, that was like my next question for you because we're going to be going out to Vegas. We're going to be at Circus Sports. The circuit property they have in downtown, and I'm not just saying this. I mean, I really wanted to work with these guys in terms of, like, we're going to be out there. Would you sponsor the show at least for the month of March? Because we want to be out there and just showcasing. The first weekend of March Madness in Vegas is the only event, me personally, and I've been so blessed to go to so many events in person, that I would rather be in Vegas watching the games at the sports book than at the games itself. Because there's games around the country. There are you know, so many games. Those first two rounds are so action-packed. You want to be in front of a TV. It doesn't serve you to be in San Diego for a bad first-round matchup when there's a crazy one happening in, like, Ohio or something. Um, And so you love that weekend because it is really the combination of the uh, two things that you love the most, and probably more. But Vegas and college basketball. When was your first time that you went to Vegas for the first weekend and just, and you're going to be out there for like a week. I mean, you just love that town. So to touch on your love for college basketball, your love for Vegas and your love for kind of combining that too for the first weekend. Well, I first, to answer your first question, I uh, first started, uh, my first weekend in Vegas for March Madness was, oh my gosh, it was 11 years ago. I see at the MGM, I think. Uh, man, this is, it was so, I feel like I was such a baby back then. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my boyfriend at the time was like, hey, do you ever want, he actually got me into sports betting. Okay. And he, uh, I, I, I used to play college basketball. Sure. So yeah. when I, um, so just college basketball has always been a thing for me. My, my whole entire family and I, we, we grew up with basketball. I've, I can't tell you a day 
um, in my life where basketball just wasn't there. It always has been. Uh, my mom played professionally um, back in Korea. My my father's 6'3". He had an appreciation for the game, but he was you know kind of a novice when it came to that. So it was pretty much a bonding thing with me, my brother, and my mother. Wow. And we all would just watch, and it didn't matter what game was on. Uh, huge John Wooden fans. Um, obviously, I am a huge Coach K fan. Um, family comes from the South, so you got to pick a side when you have your family from North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and so I picked Duke. And so for me personally, I just have always been immersed in the game and I've always wanted to watch the game. And college is still, to a certain level, still so pure. Yeah. It's such a pure game. Um, you know, now with, you know, NILs and everything like that, they can finally make some money and good on them. I totally agree with this. My mom would say uh, otherwise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, and if you listen to my podcast episode with my mom, she will tell you. Um, well, when did you have your mom on the podcast? Was this like a while ago? Oh, this or? is a long time okay. ago. Yeah, this is probably like two or three years ago. I still got to listen to that. Okay. Oh, it's it's good. It's really good. And t TBD on that one too, okay. because she, uh, I'm trying to get, I only got her on there for posterity, but now she didn't even tell half of her story. Um, so she's going to probably tell the rest later. But anyways, she, um, yeah, she always just indoctrinated in, into our home and that culture was always there. So for me, college basketball has just always been a great thing. And then when you combine these two, it's just magic, yeah. you know? Um, yes, I do spend one week in Vegas and every single person I tell <laughs> is like, you're nuts. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's only one week, so I will be there from Wednesday until Tuesday. And the way you do Vegas is not, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have a good time, but like you're watching college basketball, you're gambling on college basketball, you're having some good wine, some good food. You're not, I think when people view Vegas, it's like, I just want to go to the club. And it's like, listen, there, there's, there's time to go to the club if yeah. that's what you want to do. But you're going to Vegas to like wager, watch college basketball, have good food, have good wine and things like that. Yeah, I don't go out there and just automatically go full throttle, right? Sure. So like I'll I'll go in, I'll check in, I'll get something to eat and then I will go to the book and then I will, you know, get my all my bets in, my parlays. And, that's right. and also Vegas is great when it comes to March Madness because they give you these little parlays that like you don't have to spend a lot of money yeah. on these parlays. But if you do, big payout, right? You got to bet big to win big or whatever, but they do these small little payouts where they're like $5, $10, $15, $25, 50 whatever, these small little buy-ins, buy and you can possibly, but it, I think it's a minimum of like 25 bets or something like that. So if you just want to go out and have fun and, and put $5 down on a bet, that's that's the best weekend to do it yeah. because they they offer that for you in a lot of books. So yeah, I mean I'll be, I'll definitely be doing that. And my my Vegas week is really mellow. It's sure. not like it's you've been there with me before, exactly. right? Like the past few years. So like, and I'm the same way. You yeah, know I, mean? I think I think when you go to Vegas, I'm probably there like once a month. This month will be twice a month. Um, it's now I'm like off the strip. I go to like restaurants off the strip. Like I'm like like close to being a local at this point. <laughs> and so I get it. If you're there for like one week in a year and you are hitting up the clubs and you're going out till like the sun comes up, that's one way to do Vegas. But there's also another way to do Vegas where you're just at the sports book, you're at the pool, you're at the spa, you're at a show, you're just enjoying yourself. You're, yeah. You're going crazy. Yeah. And I was about to say, down the way that downtown is expanding right, right now, it's just... It's so nice to go over there and kind of it's mellow great. out and not, you know, go ham. But you can still have your Vegas experience. You sure. can still go and go 
I don't know, like go, go to the clubs, go you and could. you know That's have a good time like, if you're and there be for like a week. You could yeah. pick one night to of course. do that or more. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I like to just enjoy myself, and that's why we connected on wine yep. as well. Uh, when did your love for you know wine begin? And by the way, there's a really I've kind of enjoyed this connection of sports and wine, basketball and wine. Coach K loves his wine. He does Greg Popovich? You know, uh, to tell me about how your love for wine began. And I remember at the beginning of our friendship, we liked the same kind of a full-bodied cab, and so we would kind of enjoy that. Same wine, and then wine and sports, it's just a great combination. It is. It is really a great combination. It's interesting to me that more and more athletes are, you know, picking up on that. And it's good for the circulation, too. Okay. Um, You know what? I've always been interested in wine since I could legally drink. So ever since I was like 20, and I also grew up in the bar industry, right? So you met me and I'm, you know, I still tend bar. Uh, I can't tell you guys where, but I (laughs) I still tend bar. And uh, yeah, I just, I've always been really interested in it. Uh, I've never really had that boxed wine experience. It sounds so bougie. It sounds so mean, but like I've never had that boxed wine experience. I've always been very privileged to be able to, enjoy a finer wine and you know what i really think that the mentality of wanting to enjoy a finer wine came from my father because he was not a meat and potatoes kind of guy that was my mom my mom was like i could eat dirt that's covered in grease and whatever and i'd be the happiest most fried dirt and i'd be happy and content my dad was an escargot eating um, wine smelling like kind of dirty martini kind of guy so you know he really truly enjoyed the finer things and that's i think one of the reasons why i think i appreciate going and doing those STK traditions, right? Like having a really nice glass of red um, along with my uh, Oysters Rockefeller yes. tradition at STK. So yeah, I, I've always I've always appreciated wine. I've always enjoyed it. I've always wanted to, you know, I, I guess expand my, my knowledge on it. I've never wanted to be a Psalm, which I know sounds really yeah. weird, but considering <laughs> how, how much I enjoy wine, yeah. but I've never wanted to really do that as a profession. But it is wonderful if you do go actual wine tasting, which I have. Um, gone to Napa, went to Napa for a bachelorette party, which I never thought that people would actually do that for their bachelorette party because yeah. you would always think, you know, let's go to the strip club. But um, yeah, no, I went to Napa, had a great time, enjoyed uh, being able to taste wine. And I'm very Fraser-esque, I guess, when you could, when <laughs> you you talk about wine. So yeah, yeah that, that's where it came from, probably from my da- a little bit from my dad, but also because I was raised in from 21 on yeah. in, in this industry. You have an eclectic group of teams that you cheer for. It's not like me. <laughs> I am all Los Angeles all day, every day. You are a fan of Duke. You are a fan of the New York Rangers, I believe. You are a fan of the Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Giants. Shoes. We're wearing a Rangers shirt as we talk right now. Um, it's an eclectic group, but they all speak to either, you know, somewhere where you've lived or where you're from or who you've been with, maybe at a certain time in your life. Explain your teams, the teams that you cheer for. I know. I, a lot of people actually get really annoyed that I don't root for all LA stuff. Um, and I get that. I grew up here. Maybe I should just bite the bullet. By but way, I grew up in the South Bay, grew up in Manhattan yeah. Beach. Again, we. I am so blessed to like live here and and. Basically, very it's you could. <laughs> it's a small percentage. It's a small percentage of people yeah. who actually like literally grew up here. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, when I was three, I believe we moved to San Pedro, okay. and then because um, that's where the base is. My both my parents are in the military, and so that's where they 
moved over to and then eventually they made their way down to the hill to Manhattan Beach where I think when by the time I was like five or something like that so uh, yeah and we just never left which yeah God bless my family for <laughs> never leaving right so grew up in Manhattan Beach very very grateful for that um, yeah my teams are very very random uh, I actually used to be a Laker fan okay uh, but then you know I'm, I am first and foremost a Duke fan. That will all. Yes. That's never going to go away. I'm never going to not pick Duke. It's always. I've had friends that have played against Duke and are like, "You got to root for me. We're family." I'm like, yeah. "I'm still rooting for Duke. I'm sorry. This is my team. Um, you were not here when I was eight, and I was rooting for this team to yeah. to make it to the NCAA championship." So. I'm sticking with my team. That is my ride or die um, for sure. And I pretty much um, at eight years old, my family, they, uh, I have family from the South, uh, family specifically from Atlanta, New Orleans, uh, and specifically North Carolina. And so in North Carolina, you got to pick a team. That's right. Right. Okay. Uh, there is uh, a few songs out there that say why you have to pick your teams, but I'm not going to bring those up. But I picked my team, my mom and I root for Duke. My dad and my brother, they root for North Carolina. Okay. So we are a house divided, that is for sure. <laughs> um, but that is one of the main reasons why I am a huge, huge Duke fan. Uh, and also Coach K, man. That's right. 40, 41, 42 years of being our coach. He's literally been my coach my whole entire life. It's going to be weird that he's not. Again, yeah. yeah, when I was looking through, you know, when he got hired and how long. Like, since we were born, G, hey, he's been the coach of this team that you've yeah. loved so much. And so it's going to be weird now next season to, like, not have Coach K there. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, and also people are, are very interested in Shire and how, how he's going to do. Sure. Um, which I'm actually looking forward to it because he has brought in the next class that is coming in it's all John Shire recruiting I see it's no, Coach Possible. K yeah Coach K completely they knew that, yeah. yeah they knew that this transition was going to happen so they just moved forward and were like you know John it's all you yeah we're not gonna I'm, he's like I'll help you out right he's like I'll be there for you but I'm not like this is your class this is your team as of next year so he has some great guys coming in. Kyle Flip, I can't wait for him to come in. Uh, so I, I'm just looking forward to this next class and seeing what they can bring to the table. Now, I am a Clipper fan because once Shaq left LA, yeah, yeah. I stopped rooting for the Lakers. <laughs> um, I love me some Shaq. What an amazing man. Yeah. Um, to this day, what an amazing person. And what a great player, right? Oh. I mean, say what you will. Personality. and yeah. yeah, he's just the most likable. He's the, He was the next magic. Sure. So he's just the most likable man. Uh, he spent time in the South Bay, too. He had the key to our gym. Okay. Um, he was, uh, the, for the Maricosta gym, for those that don't know what high school I went to. There, there you go. I went to Maricosta <laughs> High School. Um, and yeah, had the key to our gym and just was an outright amazing, wonderful person. Yeah. Rooted for him until he left and went to Miami. A quick, before we wrap up, Jihei, um, advice to any again I'm talking to a high school today for any females out there who want to get in the space whether it's podcasting hosting producing whatnot quick advice what would you say to someone out there go and just do it yeah just go and do it you have a laptop you don't even need a mic yet yeah you have a laptop you want you want your voice out there just go and do it um, and by the way Google best source ever yeah right because that's how i how to do yeah just google, just google okay. it because that's literally how i i figured out how to podcast so yeah. google it and just go and do it that's the best advice i can possibly give you just reach out your voice and just do it i love it and and so blessed to be able to do this show with you i kind of surprised you with this you, you did, did you did <laughs> not know who our guest was in the second segment it was g hey joining us on the circus sports guest hotline so thank you so much g hey 
That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.